Hi there, I'm Nicolette Reed, and this is EIB Export News. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the exciting world of export compliance. My name is Nicolette, and today we're going to talk about CIV, China, Russia, Venezuela, and Hong Kong. Stay tuned. So under the EAR, license exception CIV was originally used as a license exception if you could ascertain via a letter of assurance that the end use and end user was civilian. So no military application, no military known end user. And this mostly used to apply for China. But as of the end of June 2020, CIV was eliminated. So in the final rule, Bureau of Industry and Security, BIS, is amending the Export Administration regulations by completely removing license exception civil end users, or CIV, now requiring a license for national security controlled items or products on the CCL, which is the Commerce Control List. So if you make a product that's controlled for national security reasons, that means when you looked up your ECCN, it said reason for control, NS, all right? Countries that are most impacted by that are the D1 level countries. And if for some reason you do not know what a D level country is or a D listed country, or you don't know what the prescribed countries are, please do reach out to us and we can show you how to find all that information and help you out. So specifically, China, Russia, Venezuela, and now Hong Kong is treated as China. And the reason why Hong Kong is now treated as China is because it has been absorbed by China. So it's no longer recognized as a sovereign nation by the United States of America. So back in the day, we used to treat Hong Kong very separately from China. But as of this year, Hong Kong is now considered China. So from an exporting standpoint, if you're going to be using the country chart to determine whether or not you need a license to ship your product, you'll notice that Hong Kong has now disappeared from the list. That's because they're now treated as China. So you'll now be looking for X's in the box for the reason for control on your product for China if you intend to ship to Hong Kong. So what exactly are your products and when do you have to be controlled? The ECCNs that have been affected by CIV being eliminated are all ECCNs that have a zero or a six in the third position of the ECCN. So an example of that would be 0A018 or a 0D604. Both those ECCN numbers have either a zero or a six in the third position. So these are products controlled for national security or for defense use. Other ECCNs are involved as well. Those can include ECCNs that are controlled for RS, regional stability, MT, missile technology, UAVs, chemical biological weapons, or CB, NP, non-proliferation, and even AT, which is anti-terrorism. So if you make a product that has an ECCN that is controlled for any one of those reasons, please know you can't be using CIV for those. If you don't know what an ECCN is, it's an alphanumeric classification found in the CCL of the EAR. 
And if you don't know what the CCL is or the EAR and you make a product and you're shipping it internationally, I urge you to get some training because there are certain rules and regulations you're supposed to be following and licenses you're supposed to be applying for so that you don't get a violation or a fine. As of last summer, the U.S. now restricts exports to military end users or for military end uses to these countries. And this has huge ramifications for exporters. So if you're doing business with China, Russia, or Venezuela, or formerly Hong Kong, which is now treated as China, be aware that these regulations have changed. This rule includes exports, re-exports, and transfers in-country of items intended for military end use or military end users in the People's Republic of China, which used to be Hong Kong, is now absorbed by China, Russia, or Venezuela. The U.S. government also provides a list of commodity types that are controlled, and this list largely includes things that have a reason for control for defense purposes, things like national security, non-proliferation, regional stability, missile technology, and even some anti-terrorism. So a new rule has now broadened the definition of what's considered a military end use. Military end use is now considered any item for the use, development, production, to include any item that also supports contributes to the operation, installation, maintenance, repair, overhaul, refurbishing, development, or production of military items. That is now defined as a military end use. This expansion will require increased diligence with respect to the evaluation of end users in these areas. In China, particularly in view of China's widespread civil military integration. The EAR's current definition of military end users includes the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, plus the National Guard, police, government, intelligence, reconnaissance organizations, and this rule does not modify that definition. In addition, this rule also broadens the scope of the items that are subject to license requirements for these areas. Specifically, the rule adds the following export control classification numbers, or ECCNs, in the categories of materials processing, electronics, telecommunications, information security, sensors and lasers, and propulsion to the supplement guidelines. The rule adopts a license review policy of presumption of denial. This change now makes the review policy consistent with the review policy for certain exports, re-exports, and transfers in-country of even microprocessors and associated software and technologies. Further, this rule now broadens the definition of military end use by identifying each element of the definition of use so that any one of the six elements standing alone is sufficient. As amended, the definition of military end use will include defense services, so any item that supports or contributes to the operation, installation, maintenance, repair, overhaul, refurbishing, development, or production of military items described on the USML of the ITAR. There's now new AES filing requirements for China, Russia, and Venezuela. So regardless of value or presence of license requirement, for all exports to China, Russia, and Venezuela, where an ECCN exists, an AES filing is required. So time out. What that means is 
Traditionally, we only do our AES filing if our shipment is valued over $2,500. However, now they're saying we don't care if it's one buck. You got to do your AES filing if it's going to China, Russia, or Venezuela. And now, folks, that also includes Hong Kong, because remember, Hong Kong is now China. So you now need to do an AES filing regardless of the value of your shipment if it's going to one of those areas. So why should a company care about ITAR or EAR penalties? Well, there's civil and criminal penalties. There's negative public relations, disruption of your international trade. So depending on the nature of your crime, you can have your ability to export suspended indefinitely by our government. There's also legal costs. Other measures that can happen, you know, stuff like debarment, seizure, forfeiture, suspension, all things none of us want to happen to our companies or our fellow coworkers. So there are steps your company should take to ensure compliance with the general best practices alone of the ITAR and EAR. And if you want to learn what those steps are, please reach out to us. Thanks so much for listening to me today. And I hope that you learned a little bit of something. And if you're interested in learning more about the impacts of the changes to China, Russia, Venezuela, and Hong Kong, call us at 978-256-0438 or email us through info at eib.com and we'll be happy to help you. My name is Nicolette and I was your host. I look forward to seeing you every other week. Till then, remember, export compliance, it's the law. We make it simple.